As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of Primary and Secondary Modcast is brought to you by Nighthawk Custom Firearms. Out of the box with upgrades you need, ready for carry, duty, or combat. Hey everyone, Matt Lanfair here with Primary and Secondary. We are live. Today is February, no, it is March 28th, 2017. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Um, I don't even know what, what number this is, but we're going to be talking about uh, the mindset of uh, carrying a, a weapon, what the responsibilities entail, uh, what our opinion of what training should probably be done prior to actually doing so. Um, if you really look at it, state requirements are at the very minimum, kind of like law enforcement stuff where there you have a, a baseline of you need to check this box, but there's nothing that goes beyond that. Also going to talk a little bit about uh, people's internet personas versus reality and how that may eventually, that could hurt you in, in the long term. Um, talk a little bit about home defense and let's see here. That's pretty much it. Uh, my background's in law enforcement. I'm going on, two decades doing law enforcement stuff, uh, everything from patrol, school resource, um, even taught dare, firearms instructor, armor. Man, I did a lot of stuff. So um, that plus uh, primary and secondary stuff, which has been a blast, being, being able to help people out, being able to help uh, various governmental and law enforcement agencies out in issues that they have within their organizations to try to streamline their training. It is awesome to be able to be part of this whole thing and, and, and help out. Scott. Uh, Scott Jablinski, um, non-mill, non-LEO, uh, lifelong, lifelong martial artist. Uh, concentration for the last nine years or so has been uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, training junkie uh, in everything. Got to train all the ranges. Uh, competitive shooter, A class in USPSA, and I run a uh, enthusiast site called Modern Samurai Project. It talks about all things self defense, um, and it's also the name of my little side training business where I uh, specialize in private lessons where I just get people to manipulate their firearms in a safe manner, shoot straight, maybe go fast if they want to. And with that in mind, also, we're going to start working together a little bit more where primary and secondary is going to be um, 
providing a, an outlet to find Scott's classes. Yep. And if you want to find videos of Scott, uh, go on, on, on YouTube and you can find him on Modern Samurai Project. And he has all kinds of shooting videos. We have a couple on primary and secondary as well, but I think I can shoot. I try. I try. And we have Varg. Hi, Varg. How you doing? Good. Uh, Varg Freeborn. Uh, I've obviously been around a little while here, but I don't make a, an appearance too often. But hopefully, maybe we'll change that. Um, currently, with uh, uh, working mainly as an independent in the industry, but uh, one of my big deals here recently was with Gap Marketing, uh, taking care of the SEO division with them. So. Uh, if you have a firearms business and need uh, SEO work, you can't use all the Google tools because they choke a lot of firearms business stuff. So uh, you definitely need to get in on that. So get a hold of me or Charles, and I'll help you out with that. Um, as far as the the rest of it goes, I've got some violence experience. Um, I think we've talked about that before. But um, other than that, uh, I just run my training school and work in the industry full time. And also, we're going to be – cross promoting as well with you. Absolutely. One one thing that's absolutely crazy to me is your background, your your training background and then your SEO. They, mm. they just don't com- they don't compute but <clears throat> they do actually. They do. Well, how is that? Uh, well, so in in very hostile environments, uh, the ability to recognize patterns and compile data and then compare that data to to former experiences is pretty vital to, to, to your safety. Um, and if you apply that across the board, that's pretty much all you're doing in SEO. You're just dealing with different, uh, uh, different categories of information, uh, rather than body language and things like that. You're watching website language and keyword traffic and things like that, but it's still a matter of patterns and, and human behavior, uh, which is why my, my ability to collect data and analyze data on, on, behavior and also influence perception management through marketing and branding is directly related to my ability to, uh, to have survived the, the hostile environments I was in for, for quite a bit of time. That is cool. <laughs> and it's funny because we were just talking about patterns before we went live. Yeah. We were yeah. watching patterns of people and figuring stuff out. That's yeah. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a possibility we may have a couple more guys join us. Not sure when, not sure who, and not sure why. They just kind of jump in. <laughs> but pretty much might as well start with the basics, um, why we carry a weapon. So for me, uh, with my law enforcement background, obviously I, 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 I conceal carry. I, I carry a firearm with me at all times. For the most part, it is a roll-in special. If my attire does can't quite allow that, it's either a, a Smith and Wesson 442 or a, uh, a Glock 43. But the obviously I'm, I'm I want to I want to be able to protect my family. But for me, with my background, with the training, with this, with the world that we're in, if I were to be in a close proximity of a serious incident and not have the ability to intervene, that would kill me. Um, I would, I would have, if I were with family, they come first, um, need to get them to safety. But that, that whole concept to me is, uh, I'm not a believer in keeping or in relying on having additional weapons or additional ammunition or anything in my vehicle. Sure. I have them, 
but it's that those aren't my uh, I'm not anticipating to have to run to them because it's pretty much like it's BYOG bring your own gun um, in a serious confrontation when would if it happens right in front of you do you have the ability to run out to your to your vehicle and run back do you have the time to throw on all that stuff I don't know looking at the stats with active shooter situations in schools seconds equals live equal lives and so taking that time away from leaving the scene to go get kitted up that's killing that's killing people and the ability for me to be able to respond and react it, it's paramount and that's for me I'm that, hell that's part of the reason why primary and secondary is is fairly stringent uh, restrictive as far as information we only want to discuss the best because these are serious these are serious topics these aren't topics to take lightly. We're, there are plenty of uh, Facebook groups. There are plenty of forums. There are plenty of other places where we can talk about fun guns. We can talk about 1022s. We can talk about black powder. We can talk about all this fun stuff. That's the entire internet. But we have this one corner called primary and secondary where we get to focus on real world solutions and real world options where people's lives can be in jeopardy. People's lives may be dependent on the solutions that we provide online. So with that in mind, this is these are topics that are incredibly serious for me and so the reason i carry yes to to defend myself to defend my family but with my background if i were able to intervene i i I would i would feel compelled and obviously i have my credentials and all that good stuff so scott uh so why do i carry I, i think i learned a long time ago you know as a um military kid uh, where you're moving around a lot and, you know, even though you're usually living on base and things like that, it's, uh, there are a lot of fights, right? People moving, you know, kids moving to the area to prove that they're not a punk or can't be punked. Um, and, you know, contrary to popular belief, or at least it was when I was growing up, uh, every time we moved, especially when I got to the point of going to high school, I always went to the inner city school. I don't know what it was, right? I went, when my dad lived in Tucson, I went to Tucson High. And when I lived in Vegas, he retired in Vegas, I went to Vegas High. So, you know, gang activity in those schools were very, very high. Um, and I think as growing up as a martial artist, I never had the illusion that it was going to be a brilliant one-on-one fight. Um, and being a big guy, you know, uh, it's funny. I was telling you, I was, I was at the Todd Lewis Green. One of the guys came up to me, uh, the guy, the owner of Dark Star Gear, the holster company, came up to me was like, dude, I had no idea you were that big. So for people who don't know me, I'm, I'm not small. I'm 6'3", <laughs> 270 pounds on a light day, right? Uh, so if someone wants to come up to me one-on-one straight on, it's going to be a bad day so they usually don't you know um so as some people females small people whatever it is you know you, you always are afraid of that bigger guy well i'm afraid of bigger guys and carrying a firearm you know um although it's a cliche these days almost is a force multiplier um because that is my reality um 
and it gets to the family part of it. You know, I am not a sworn officer in any way, but I have to tell you that if I was in a situation and uh, I could not intervene to, to help my family escape or anything like that, or protect the life of another where I was immediate there and could have an impact on the situation. I don't know if I could live with myself. That being said, what you were saying with stuff in the trunk, um, I think if there was a uh, <coughs> massive incident like that, that's probably not the right term, uh, at a mall or at a restaurant or anything, and I cleared my family, I'm not going back in. That's not my job. My job is to protect my family uh, and call 911 as I am, you know, burning rubber to get the hell out of the place. But, um, it's you know, one of the things that I always say, it's about training all the ranges, right, and not fooling yourself about that. Uh, you know, whether it be long to intermediate with a firearm, whether it be um, intermediate to close with edged weapons, knees, elbows, kicks, closing in with, you know, uh, tight grappling, punches, elbows, to the ground. Um, problem is we don't have time to train all of that stuff, so how do you cover as many bases as you possibly can <coughs> that is allowable in your schedule? Um, and I think to ignore a firearm um, is a step in the wrong direction. That's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like what you said with uh, going short, medium, uh, long range, because what we're talking about here, these are entire systems of skill sets and tools. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we talk to your common gun enthusiast person, it seems like the firearm is a talisman, but it's not a system. It's not part of a system. And they're not putting together a system for to be a resolution. Right. Right. And then, you know, we're going to segue over to Varg here and then you talk to someone like Varg that makes you completely rethink your valuation of the appropriate tool for the appropriate range. You know, with that, let's let's do a quick intro to and we've said it before already on Modcast, but I think it's worth repeating what he said about uh, your your fighting and what you would do compared to what you normally do. And Mm -hmm. the light bulb. Yeah. Oh, me. Yeah. Oh, 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 it's like Bard going into it. Okay, so everybody knows I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, right? So after, what was it, Saturday or Sunday night? I can't remember which one, what night it was. Um, uh, we went to go get a steak. You know, it was a long, good day full of camaraderie and, and shooting and, and, and remembering Pat Rogers. Um, so we're going to go get a steak and, and uh, have a drink. And, you know, it was a, I just met Varg, and, you know, we sat down next to each other at the bar there. And uh, we just started talking about things, you know. I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you before or you just noticed my cauliflower ears and we started talking about jujitsu and things of that nature and, uh, you know, about the kit. And, the, the, you know, at that particular time, I think I was carrying a uh, the multitasker EDC2 as my utility knife and a clinch bag, right? And he goes, so why do you, you know, the clinch bag, why do you, why do you carry that? And, you know, standard response, you know, if you get in a situation where you're, where you're clenched in, you know, grab it, poke some holes, make some space, burn the dude down if necessary. Uh, Varg's response to that was, yeah, so what's your what's your style of jiu-jitsu? What kind of player are you? I'm like, oh, I'm going to grab you, smash you until you give up, and then I pass, and then I choke you out, or you give me an arm. He's like, that's awesome. 
So you're a smasher. So when you get into a fight, you think you're going to make space. And I was like, oh, man, can I just enjoy my beautiful medium rare steak? <laughs> so that turned into probably an hour and a half conversation about uh, edged weapon and the philosophy <laughs> in general. So, you know, I was the classic guy who, had, I mean, I had a little bit of training, um, you know, from Filipino friends who may or may not have been showing me legit stuff and things of that nature. But, you know, what's so hard? Take it, stick it, make space, go back. But he made me completely rethink um, who I thought I was going to be versus my behavioral patterns of who I was every time I train. Um, and that was both epic and frustrating. And it's it's a great description, and it's a it's a great segue into Varg now <laughs> talking about his philosophy behind why he's carrying a firearm. Um. So the so the short answer is as a last option. Period. Um. But my firearm is the last option. Uh. The the more involved answer is has to do with with mission and also with my knowledge of what's out there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, obviously, I've had very close contact with some very, very bad people. Um, and I've known personally and, and shared space with and shared a table with and broke bread with and have been even as hard as it is to understand for some people, friends with. Um, some very, very dangerous, amoral people. Uh, and as I'm walking around out there in, in the free world, I have a much different perspective of who might be walking around in my, in my AO uh, based on the people that I have met firsthand, people that, <coughs> you know, um, have went into houses and, tied families up and, and raped the women and killed the entire family and killing the, the men last or, or the father or husband last. Uh, these types of people I've known personally. So when I'm, uh, when I'm thinking about why 
I would carry a firearm. Uh, they are probably in the front of my mind, uh, those types of people. Uh, there's a, a level of fighter out there in the criminal combat culture, the criminal side, that most people I don't think are really aware of that's out there, especially in the training world, because you get caught up in being the badass and, and you feel like you're so much farther ahead and so much farther above, and you don't even realize that when it comes to some of these guys, they've been doing this shit for real, really plugging guys and really doing this and been in prison four or five, six times and stabbed people and shot people. And you've only been on the range and on the map. So there's a big difference in mindset there. Um, so knowing that that's, that's, that's the, that's the threat part of it. Uh, the mission part of it is, you know, like you say, uh, your family comes first. You guys both pretty much said the same thing. Um, <clears throat> the mission as a civilian, uh, which is what I am, uh, is to protect myself, my family. Um, my priority of life is family, self, then public, then bad guy. Um, so I'm not going to step up and put someone in the public, uh, um, ahead of me. And I know that I disagree with, uh, uh, people on that a lot, but, um, I may have, I may have told the story before, but. There's, uh, uh, I remember a time when I used to go to the same gas station, uh, every day to get my coffee. And, uh, uh, long story short, one day I go there, a young guy that works there doesn't work there anymore. And he has been, uh, he was on the front page of the newspaper. Um, and he had gotten busted for child porn and, uh, dealing in child pornography. Right. So the, so the, so the point of that is, is that, had I walked into a robbery at that fucking gas station one day and decided I'm going to step up and save him, you know, I could get my ass plugged over a piece of shit that I don't have any idea who this guy is. And he could be, you know, then he would have went on to for how long to, to victimize children. Right. So, so I have a much more cautious approach of stepping into to, to fights that don't involve me, that I don't understand the background or the background of the people involved. Um, now there's very obvious things like if, you know, someone who is, you know, uh, completely incapacitated or, or is, uh, uh, you know, a female or child is getting victimized or something like that. There's, there's judgment calls to make, but I'm not as quick as a lot of people to say that I'll jump into a fight. That's that, that wasn't my fight to begin with. Um, but my mission is to, you know, make sure that I get to live out my life happily with my family, uh, you know, for the, for the rest of my life every day. Uh, so that being my mission and knowing what, uh, is out there in terms of a threat, possible threats, um, the last option that I'm going to carry is going to be the firearm, but there's a lot of other things that come before that. Mm -hmm. In talking to a lot of people, it's interesting to find out what their perceptions are. Um, it's interesting to, that they don't consider all the potential people that they may wind up encountering that may be a bit hostile. I wrote an article for my police department maybe five years ago, basically talking about, and it wasn't an article, it was an email. It was saying, hey guys, just be aware of this, this, this. Um, I think it was right after I went through uh, Darcy. And it basically was saying something to the effect of, 
um, there's a possibility you may encounter a uh, a teenager. You might encounter grandma. You might encounter an extremist. You might encounter all kinds of things. These are all things that we already have to have in our minds. <coughs> uh, the, the threat can be anything, but how do we how do we identify that threat? So, Varg, you talked about recognizing patterns. What are things that you're looking for when you're uh, assessing what what a potential threat is? Um, you know, based on the way I grew up and then, and then the hostile environments I spent time in, um, I'm, I'm hypersensitive. Uh, so if anybody like I can pick up on shit before people I'm with pick up on it usually. And I'll say, you know, you see this going on and like, what are you talking about? And then after a few minutes, I'll be like, Oh, you're right. I seen that shit 20 minutes ago, you know? Uh, but it's, it's, you know, there's energies that people put off, um, <clears throat> you know, right away, uh, especially if you do business or anything like that, you know, you meet someone, you shake your hand, uh, you can tell usually pretty quickly if this is going to be a, a tough business transaction, if it's going to mm-hmm. be a tough sale, if it's going to be, you know, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. feeling like they're, they're skeptical or they're, they're not, you know, hundred percent on board or they're pre-sold. They've sold themselves. They're hundred percent on board. You can pick that stuff up just having done it a few times, right from a handshake, right at that handshake point, you already pretty much know those times, like on a sales call, you know those types of things or a business meeting. Uh, so it's the same way with violence. There's certain things that um, that they will do. There will be the, uh, the, the obvious stuff like the jitteriness or the darting eyes or the, you know, and then the, and the, the, the more, uh, pronounce things like uh, uh, movements, uh, positioning, <coughs> posturing, sweating. Uh, so it's so all the, the common stuff that you look for. Um, but what I'm looking for is uh, uh, like, I still go into some, I have uh, very few people in my family left, but they still live pretty much in the ghetto. So uh, I do go <laughs> in some of these areas sometimes. And uh, like I was at the gas station yesterday and, uh, and, I picked up on it just immediately. Um, somebody got out of the car behind me and, uh, there was nothing malicious in his movements. He was just trying to, he was going in to get gas or whatever. Um, but, uh, I picked up on him and something didn't feel right. And so I checked him out a little closer and no doubt. I mean, he was had sideways neck tattoos, uh, just had absolute no good on his face. And I guarantee he has a criminal record or he's getting ready to develop like I just I know I'm not I'm not being stereotypical. I'm telling you from experience what I what I see. Um and something about my spidey senses caught this guy out of the peripheral, right? And was like mm-hmm. there's somebody in your presence that that, you know, is potentially dangerous. Uh so I think a highly developed sense of it comes from, you know, having to live through that. But the average person should, you know, do the conditioned yellow thing and look for cues, physical cues. <laughs> um, behaviors and start to get a sense for how people are. Um, and one of the things that I, that I, that I always teach in, in the theory parts uh, is that in my experience, people typically fight the way they communicate. Um, and so if you are, if you want to be a better fighter, you need to be a better communicator. Uh, and, and what that means is you need to read people a little better. Uh, and you need to listen. 
right? Uh, because if you're a fighter and you're angry and you're just trying to throw damage, uh, you're not get, you you know you're not going to you're not going to get far. You have to have strategy. You have to read your opponent. You have to be prepared to counteract what he's doing, and you can also use his force against him if you're smart enough to stand back and and, and see what's happening. Um, and the same thing in communication with people. If you're if you're constantly just output output output, and you're not listening, you can't develop that sense for where people are or for where people are going to go. So being a better communicator, being a better listener, will make you a better reader of people, which will in turn make you more aware of potential threats in your in your uh, immediate environment. Yep. That reminds me of uh, I'd be out in public with my wife, and uh, we'd be walking through a mall or something, and she'd say something to the effect of, "Oh, did you notice something?" No, I didn't. Well, some hmm. cop, you were. You don't pay attention. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't register on the radar. I don't care. I can't care less what color shoes those were. So Scott, yeah, we all have some form of a daily habit. We all have we've 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 changed our habits according to our training, according Mm -hmm. to what we do, according to um, what we're carrying. What -hmm. are some of the things that you've done? How have you altered your life to maximize your abilities and what your what your with the tools at your disposal? Well. I don't want to go into a lot of that in detail with like my daily prep, right? Oh no. Yeah. Just, just generalization. Uh, I'd buy one size bigger pants now. (laughs) Right. Um, that, that, that fits. Yeah, Yeah. uh, absolutely. I do. Uh, (laughs) most of any bag I carry has a Velcro holster in it in case I have to carry off body. Cause that's the only choice I can do. Cause you know, uh, we have, we all have non-progressive environments that if you have one, you're done, you know? Um, so I had to make that decision to be able to stow things, uh, and quickly retrieve them after I'm no longer in that environment. Um, you know, you, uh, how you dress, how, uh, the equipment that you use, um, you know, uh, the daily prep of, you know, once you have what you have on, uh, making sure that you know how your shirt's going to react when you remove cover. Uh, if your belt's too tight, how does the draw work? You know, it might be work, work great for concealment. Nobody can tell, but it would take a crowbar to get your gun out of your holster. You know? <coughs> on the other hand, you may wear it too loose and you look like you got a book underneath your shirt. Uh, so those types of considerations. Do you need a reload? You know, you have to think about that. You have to think of things of efficiency versus concealment, uh, and and things of the and things of those nature, uh, that nature. Um, what else have I changed in my lifestyle since I've started to consistently carry wherever I lawfully can? Um, we can go to Varg if necessary. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of you the can big do things. Some more. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think one of the things that everyone has to think is a change of lifestyle, depending on where you live. You know, um, if the consumption of alcohol is permitted uh, while you are carrying. Um, for a lot of people, that is a major lifestyle change. You know, here in the state of Virginia, you can carry in any bar, restaurant, whatever. You just can't drink if you're carrying. So I think that's a consideration for a lot of people. Um, I'm often amazed about people who don't know that those laws. So. 
Varg, how about you? And, and I guess you're going to be from a, a unique perspective because it seems like this is something that you've grown up with. So you don't necessarily have the, the layman's perspective to, to compare it to. You mean as carrying a weapon? That you've always been around this and you've always had a certain kind of behavior, certain habits that, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that we didn't start with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So as a teenager, I carried a Norinco. Yeah. So um, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle thing. Uh, but I think what people, where we get lost at is when we use that word lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because um, it, it becomes a lifestyle in the Instagram sense. And that's not what I'm talking about. Right? I, when I say lifestyle or when, when Scott's talking about the lifestyle changes, it's, it's not a lifestyle in, in, in photos, it's lifestyle in terms of, you know, your drinking habits, your, your, uh, the places that you go, the people that you hang out with, the types of clothes that you wear, the type of belt that you wear, uh, all that stuff is just very common stuff that you need to work out. Um, and, and it's, it's hard because after years and years of doing it, you, you start to, at least me, it gets hard for me to talk about it to people that are part of it. Yeah. yeah, they don't have a clue, but they also don't even want to hear like that their belt that is no good or you know like that they're emotionally attached. Gear. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just had that conversation this morning at at the cigar lounge I hang out at. So, um, and and Alien Gear and, and Crosby were thrown out there, um, and it's just uh, it, it's hard to have that conversation after a certain point, and you you sit around and you're like, okay, so carrying a gun every day. Right. Uh, but I've, I've had the privilege, I've been blessed. I've had the privilege to go on to, uh, I'm on the range, uh, for, you know, close to 40, 50 classes a year between my training and the, in the the training I attend. (coughs) So I'm seeing, you know, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of rounds go down range with all different levels of gear. And my, my benefit of running, my own school is I get to see the average civilians come uh, with all their different gear and their Blackhawks and, you know, their alien gears and all this stuff uh, and all the different types of pistols. Uh, now, when I attend training with, um, you know, out of Alliance with EAG or any of these guys, uh, it's pretty well squared away. Like you don't have guys showing up to uh, with Blackhawks, yeah. you know, uh, so you don't see it. There, you know? But then you venture out and it's like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's bad. Uh, and sometimes they think they're squared away and you're like, Oh man. Yeah. To say. So I've got to, I, I don't mean to, but I've got to share this story with you. Right. I'm going to try and keep change the names of the innocent. Right. So with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That Todd Lewis Green Memorial shoot, by the way, fantastic, uh, fantastic event. They raised uh, 50, almost $15,000 for the uh, uh, Kidney Cancer Fund. Um, amazing. Just an amazing event. Great time. Uh, it was at a certain range and who I'd love to give them a plug because it's a great range, but I can't because it was one of their <laughs> one of their employees. Uh, so this kid working behind a counter, he's got his Serpa on. Okay. It's not the first time I've seen that in, at a gun range, right? You know, probably doesn't make a lot of money. It's a $35 holster. Got it. With his SIG P226 cocked. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the organizer, <laughs> the organizer who I'm again, not going to mention his name. He's, you know, uh, FBI, yada, yada. So I'm sitting there. It's me, Jose Gordon, and Ernest Langdon, right, eating eating uh, a little bit of a snack. And the uh, organizer comes over. He's like, holy shit. Do you see this guy at the counter? I go, so I tell him, I go, dude, is that a SAO type of thing? He's like, no, it's a 226. Why do you have it locked? One less, or why do you have it cocked? One less thing to worry about. And it mm. was just, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? So that's a person who thinks they have adopted the lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? And somehow, you know, from God's mouth to his ears, he has figured out a more, what he thinks is a more efficient way of doing things. That's not the right way. <laughs> and he's got a ton. I mean, the, the guy who runs this is, uh, you know, he used to run the NRA range, USPSA Grand Master. I'm not sure if he has any sort of duty background or whatever, but he knows his stuff. And it's right there. You know, so I just thought I would check that. I think that is almost, it's almost worse because the guy should know better. And he has the resources to know better. And I think that's the frustrating thing where we see stuff like that. It's like, dude, you think you've adopted this lifestyle and you're doing it in name only. Stop being lazy. Just stop being lazy. You know? So anyway. Right. As, as far as, uh, I guess, clothing choices are concerned, I found as, as a full-time student at a university, my, my major is within geography. There's a lot of outdoorsy stuff. The way I dress blends in perfectly with all of those people. So I'm, I'm with my people. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I don't, I don't stand out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see here. Oh yeah. One, I remember one of the early things uh, going into law enforcement and oh, there's Chris. How's it going guys? Good. We're just wrapping up. We're we're done. <laughs> Eight o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Yeah. What time is it? It's almost nine Mountain Standard Time. Oh, Arizona Mountain <laughs> Standard Time. Yeah. It's you're okay. In a black hole. <laughs> we won't make fun of you too much behind the scenes. Um, 
So, yeah, I remember one of the biggest things and the coolest thing going into law enforcement and this whole lifestyle thing and talking to the old timers. And it's, yeah, you never you never eat in a restaurant and have your your back to the door. Always have your back to a wall. Oh, that's that's okay. That's that's the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more going on than that. And. Yeah, I don't know. What 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 should we harass Chris with? Should we uh, go through the, the questions with him? Yeah, why not? So if you were a Twinkie. Yep. <laughs> Beats so, the sexual innuendo I was expecting. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm a twi- I'm the Twinkie. Yell on the outside, white on the inside. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so, Chris, why do you carry a gun? What's the motivation? Um, I carry a firearm because I feel that I have the ability to use it to keep myself safe and keep those around me safe. And that with that ability, there is an implicit responsibility to do so. Um, That's not to say that I necessarily feel a responsibility to keep everybody around me safe. There are key people in my life that, that uh, fall under my uh, protection. And, how how long have you been a a daily carrier? Um, daily since I left the service, with some exceptions, mm-hmm. I couldn't carry daily on post. Yeah, um, for for a number of reasons, but ever since I came off of active duty, it's pretty much been a, a central facet of my life. So, what have you found? What have you changed in your life? What have what's changed in your lifestyle and your habits and the way you dress? On uh, not not a ton. Uh, when I first, well, it's the year 2010. I met this chick, my girlfriend now, and uh, she immediately changed the way I dressed because I was wearing skate shoes and like baggy pants, and she was like, "Oh, you gotta dress like a grown up now." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, so from that point on, I had to uh, adjust my wardrobe, anyways, and so it kind of grew at the same rate as my decision to carry. So it wasn't like I was trying to plug something new into something old. They kind of developed concurrently. Uh, So, I mean, I I take general steps to make things easier. So, like, you know, shirts aren't super tight, but I'm kind of a fat kid, so probably works (laughs) out anyway. Um, uh, Patterned shirts are better than not. Darker shirts are better than light. You know, just... I buy a lot of t-shirts because I eat a lot of holes in them, you know, but day to day it's, it's pretty mellow. Most people don't know that I have a gun. Um, I don't advertise it. I just kind of do my thing and I happen to have my Glock on me. So, and so when you're carrying those Glocks, is there a specific trigger that you like to have in them? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes. I like the overwatch precision triggers available at a retailer near you. Um, yeah. So, but that, that aside, um, not, no, not, not a whole lot has changed, man. Um, I've changed like facets of what I use to enable myself to be armed. Uh, I've changed what I carry over the years, but it's not this weird thing that I have to work around. Um, to, to Chuck suppose that towards something, uh, against something else. My girlfriend has just recently decided to carry and it took me six years, six years, but we got there and it was, it had to be her decision. Right. Um, otherwise 
it wouldn't have lasted and there probably would have been resentment and maybe she would have shot me. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> she has to shoehorn Carrie into her idea of what life is now. And it's very different for me where it's just, it's just the way things are. Like just, I wake up in the morning, I put on my ball cap. I also put on my gun for her. She has to be like, Oh shit, I guess I have to wear a belt today. And that's a very strange idea to her. Uh, she has to stop and be like, oh, well, hey, am I printing? And it's a conscious thing in her head. Uh, she feels the, the need, and I guess for women, it's maybe a, a more significant issue uh, to dress around the gun, right? They wear tighter, smaller, skimpier things, especially in the summer. And it can be a little trickier for them. So, but she, so she has to fit the firearm into her lifestyle, whereas my lifestyle is largely oriented around the idea of individuals being armed. So it's very familiar to me. So, and this kind of goes right back into what we were discussing before. And we were talking about how carrying a firearm, the training involved, the mindset, all of this is all one big system. And it, so it's not, she doesn't quite have that system uh, set up. She's just not, she's just yeah. the first couple steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm, gonna this, if I'm gonna deep throw this beer bottle, you guys aren't gonna watch, man. I tell you that. Yeah, down on purpose. It's not that kind of show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so like she she runs into like uh, beginner issues, uh, like needing a proper belt, right? Uh, so she she she's a federal employee. She deploys. I got her an Aries gear belt. Cool. For her most recent deployment, you know, it's a, a good sturdy belt for over carry. But when she decided to start carrying on stateside she quickly realized that it has kind of a, a very thick buckle, which and with tight shirts and tank tops doesn't work out so hot. Right. So now we have to revisit that idea. Um, I will say that she is fortunate not to toot my own horn, but she is fortunate that I've made a lot of mistakes. And so I can tell her like, Hey, let's not start with uncle Mike's or Serpa. Like maybe, mm-hmm. you know, pick up a good holster <clears throat> and uh, we can start from a position of, uh, of advantage, right? There's a shorter, okay. perhaps a shorter okay. learning curve, you know? So, but she's, she's learning and she's developing and she has to tailor it to her. A lot of <laughs> things that I think were great, you know, probably aren't something that she's going to adopt right away, if ever. So, you know, I, I'm a fan of carrying the, the, as much gun <clears throat> as you can reasonably conceal without drastically altering your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, in my yeah. profession, which is the gun world, I can get away with a Glock 34 under a t-shirt most days. Uh, she can't do that. It's just not a fucking option. So <clears throat> for her, you know, it's, it's a Glock 42, right? And so she has to, to tailor that to her and uh, her needs. It's been, it's been informative for me. It's been illuminating because I have to take a step back and be like, oh, yeah, like not a gunslinger. Got it. So maybe my problems aren't your problems and your problems aren't my problems. So we have to work together to solve them. So Yeah. So going back to that whole system concept. Oh, I have I hear an echo. I'm gonna blame Chris. Hold on. It might be me. I got these fucking speakers here. Alright, keep just talk again. Test. Uh, don't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. I'm not the boss of you. Better or worse. You're not my mom. <laughs> so so we were talking about systems. Scott, I'm gonna point this one at you. Mm-hmm. Um since I already know you you train a lot with firearms, you do a lot mm-hmm. of all kinds of training. How do you balance that? 
how do you how do you how do you uh, make this an effective system? And also incorporating your uh, your competition as well. Uh, wow, uh, multifaceted uh, question there. Um, I try and see. It's funny people ask me that a lot, right? Like how I do my professional business uh, with the side firearms business and the competition, and, and I don't, I don't really see. You know, it, it's not this or that, you know, and, and I'm lucky in that regard. Uh, God, what kind of, here's a great story, right? So, you know, Bev, uh, my wife, Bev works with me in the mortgage industry, right? And that wasn't always the case. She's been with me for like the past year, year and a half or so, right? And, you know, whenever I would go to a class, say the class started on a Friday, you know, it was a boondoggle, don't I have work to do, yada, yada, yada. Well, now she's realizing that when I go through like my funded loans list, it's jujitsu, 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 shooting, 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 competition, competition. That's where my business is coming from, right? I don't buy leads. I don't make cold calls or anything like that. It's from my sphere of influence. Um, and so it is, it is a complete lifestyle that my passions fund my living and my living supports my passions. Um, so, you know, I've almost gotten convinced that every time I go to a match or every time I go teach or every time I go to a training class that, uh, I am truly working and she should be thanking me. It's not quite there yet. <laughs> it's not quite there yet, but it's getting pretty close, you know? Um, and as far as integration or anything, I think like Chris was saying, you know, getting the women folk integrated into the lifestyle is probably the biggest challenge a lot of guys have. But once they're in, they're in. You know, when I was at the the TLG memorial shoot, Bev was at F3 uh, for their inaugural class there on uh, how to build a proper go bag. And she did that of her own volition. She actually yelled at me for not telling her about it. She had to find out on her own. Our friend Mark Farage was teaching it. I'm like, really? You're going to go without me? She's like, yeah, what do I need you for? Like, exactly. Have a great time, you know. So, that answer the question about integration. I'm I'm just envious of that that last story. That's not fair. What's that <clears throat> about the wife going on her yeah. own? There? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now the firearm thing is a bit tougher for her. You know what I mean? Because um, I don't know why it is. She wrote an AAR for that class, right, and said, "Hey, you know, this is." This is something that I'd never really thought about before. You know, I keep tennis shoes. I keep water in a bar in the car. I need to start doing a lot more because, you know, it hits home because I have been through evacuations, the Rodney King riots, fires, this thing. You know, she reminded me of the time that when we lived in Vegas apartment complex, the whole complex went on lockdown because of a SWAT standoff. Dude, you know, all these things she's been through. I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Why don't you have a gun on you at all times? <laughs> you should be carrying one more than me based on all the stuff you've gone through. It's it, it's coming. <laughs> you know, she trains uh, eventually. She's actually a very good student. I think I'm one of the few guys who actually has a good time training their wife um, in firearms. I should be specific on that. Uh, but she's not quite there. She's not quite there yet, um, and I'm not going to push it. We've talked about that before. It'll come in her time. 
you know, it, it will come when she's ready to do so. She's getting there. She's getting there. So cool. How about you, Bart? Uh, what's the question now? It's not the, if you were a Twinkie one or if I were a Twinkie, um, it is with this whole system, the uh, training, uh, lifestyle, all that. How do you, how do you fit it all into your, into your day? Well, Firearms trading, hand to hand stuff. Your your gym. Yeah, uh, right now my gym's on on a hiatus, so that's that's uh, uh, hopefully coming back, hopefully soon. Um, <coughs> but uh, I'm in this this sphere all the time. I work in the gun industry, so uh, I don't. It's not like I go to a job that's unrelated ever. Uh, everything that I do is directly related to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're directly the gun industry, gun companies, or combatives and, and the whole thing. So, um, again, like like Chris brought up, I could carry a you know a Glock 34 and get away with it. it, it it's it's not a big deal for me uh, either. The thing is, is um, it, the interesting part of it, I think, that, that where we need to be educational for people is uh, um, the part that's that that Scott brought up about how it, it, it feeds your business or it helps with your business when you uh, are, are not in the gun industry. Uh, so you're in the mortgage business and, mm-hmm. and, and participating in these things, making these friends in the gun industry has, has been a benefit to you. Um, and what I've seen too, is that, um, to tell you the truth, uh, I've made better friends that have benefited me more in the gun community than in any other vertical I've ever been in in my life. And I've been in a few. 100%. Um, Yeah. Like this, like seriously, the, the community level, I mean, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on. There's a lot of stupid shit. Um, but like on a serious level, the people that I have networked with in this, in this vertical um, have been way more beneficial to my life and my business and my career uh, and just me as a person than in any other vertical I've been in. Um, so I think there's a higher quality of people uh, concentrated in a smaller space. Um, so the integration part for someone who doesn't work in this business, um, I think is get out to the classes and, and don't, limit yourself, try to get to some higher level stuff, uh, you know, some reputable instructors and hang out in some, some, you know, more established circles. And you will start to meet people that will benefit you in ways outside of just carrying a gun and knowing how to shoot and all that stuff. 
one hundred percent. I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. Here, but I, I think one of the turning points, at least with Bev, was was uh, was uh, Pat's wake, right? Um, in that, you know, we live in a you know fairly affluent area, yada yada. Uh, where crime ha- still happens, uh, but that's a side point. Um, you know, you would go to the neighborhood parties, and you know, God bless, God bless guys who all they want to do is talk about golf, uh, and you know, God bless the other people who just want to talk about their kids. Beautiful things, you know, kids are beautiful, right? But we would go to these parties, and it's like, okay, so we were talking about the exact same thing: who got a new SUV, who got a new you know, uh, driver who got this, who got that. I would be bored. Bev would be bored. Uh, I'd be so bored. I'd, I'd get drunk and she'd get pissed and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, then we go to the Pat Rod, you know, Pat's wake and I go have a cigar with Cam and Jayquise. You know, I go, Oh crap. I've been out here for 45 minutes. I come in. She's with, uh, Don. I can't remember Don Smith. Uh, um, uh, Keith Romp and Jace Badia having a great time drinking moonshine, you know, legal, legal moonshine. She was with law enforcement officers, uh, and had the best time in the world, you know, and she said she had the most interesting time meeting people who had, were kind of interesting and not your <coughs> plain, plain old people. And as she has gotten more involved with helping me manage my schedule and as she's, you know, been getting involved with primary and secondary and coincidentally, you know, chewing Varg's ear off about the fitness industry and things of of that nature, uh, you know, she went, these people are amazing, you know, Uh, they're stupid people in every industry or every vertical. Absolutely. But I will tell you when certain industries and certain verticals hit a plateau in the class of people, I'm always, always amazed at that. that I, I can't even come close to that plateau in, in the gun industry when you meet the right people. You know, um, Jose Gordon, being, <laughs> you know, just, you know, he's like a classic example, just an amazing, amazing guy. Gave the shirt off his back and willing to share so much knowledge. And there's so many people like that. So many people like that. And it's, it's amazing. So. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, I remember starting off at light fighter. I don't remember how many years ago and attending <clears throat> my first uh, Pat class and meeting Pat, meeting Mike, meeting all the other fellow light fighters. And it was awesome. Um, and then afterwards, going a shot and meeting up with all the shot, all the light fighters at shot. Great group of people. And then from there, we just we just built upon that. And then primary and secondary came out, and we built on that, and and got people that weren't in our immediate little group. There are some wonderful people. Um, this is another aspect of primary and secondary that I I'm just ecstatic to be part of because we truly have some. There are are great individuals that we get associate with and. We can pester like Varg um, mm-hmm. when we have questions about various things. And uh, I, I wish I could put my finger on it. I wish I could say this is why, but it's, there's so many things and it's unfortunate. There are a lot of people that think they have the same thing. And I've, I, I've, I've been in some of these other forums or social media things. 
it's it's there's something about this this group of people is just awesome. Chris, I concur. Um, I was at dinner Saturday night with Freddie, uh, Betty, Alan Normandy, Matt Howe, a few other good like good people, you know, good humans. And my, my, my buddy Dan. And on the drive to dinner, Dan and I were talking about like shitty humans, basically, and how you have to be a certain level of shitty in order <laughs> to be wildly successful, right? Because you, you look at some people, you're like, holy shit, like you're, you're amazing. Like you're very successful, you're very wealthy, you're very well respected. And then, like, maybe you know some things and you're like, you're also a horrible human being. Right, uh, there are, there's a lot of folks in the industry that are solid, stand up, like just legitimately good people, and then a few wildly successful shitheads. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I was sitting there, and like, Alan and Freddie have been playing this game a lot longer than I have, and I, you know, I look up to both of them, and they drop some pretty awesome wisdom bombs from time to time. And Alan kind of uh, dropped one that night. And what that was was that the reason that those shitty, those few shitty people is because of all the good people that give them a chance. Yeah. And so <coughs> maybe one guy gives a dude a chance and he gets burnt, right? But then that, that bad dude goes on somewhere else and another good dude sees him and goes, hey, man, I'm a good guy, like, Maybe it's not how it went down. Let me give you a shot, right? And it happens again and again and again until they hit a point of critical mass and it all comes crashing down. So that was Alan's take, and it wasn't one that I considered before. And I think that it's valid. Um, the industry is just big enough now, especially the training side. I think you see it a lot on the training side. There's always junk and nonsense in business to some degree in anywhere you go. But on the training side – it's just large enough that you see people getting away with having bad reputations. I grew up for a while when I was a kid. We lived up in the mountains above Prescott, Arizona. There's just this little tiny community called Walker. And up in Walker, the odds are that you're probably going to spend a few days of the year snowed in completely. Even if you have a four-wheel drive vehicle, you're, just, you're not going to get down the mountain. It's just not going to happen. About 6,000, 7,000 feet elevation right in between there. So up in Walker, there were, at the time, maybe 20 families that all lived within a mile of each other, right? It's kind of clustered around there. And if you borrowed a tool, a chainsaw, right, to get rid of some blowdown, if you borrow a tool and you don't give it back or you don't give it back sharp or you don't feel the chainsaw back up, they tell the other 18 families and your reputation goes to shit and there are consequences for you being a shitty person. Right. Mm-hmm. In a really, really big sphere, the city, you could be a shitty person to a new person every day and it'll never come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. There's so many people, right? It's just fish, ocean, the size thing. This particular industry, especially the trading side, I think, is just large enough that you can be a little shitty and get pretty far before you get punished for it, right? Before you before you 
shoot yourself in the foot. So I just uh, okay. When I first started primary and secondary, I had an awesome conversation. As a matter of fact, I think I can give you the date. <coughs> no, I can't. Um, in 2015, <laughs> late 2015, I had an awesome conversation with Alan Normandy. And primary and secondary just started. We were getting all these cool industry guys in. And he gave me some awesome advice. And I, I follow it to this day. And it is, it's basically associate with the people that where you're sharing some values. And what you'll find is, well, number one, they're, they're, they're not letting you down and they haven't, but um, you're, you're not going to find yourself in the trouble that other people get into. And it's awesome. The, 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 the companies that have, that are associated with primary and secondary, this is good stuff. It's exciting stuff. And uh, it's, we've all supported each other and we've all, prospered and agreed it's like a, yeah it's a, a big friendship yeah agreed and, and i think the reason for that is um that our mission is to help people if we get some monetary benefit off of that because of our time um then that's the bonus but that's not the mission you know i think there are a lot of people out there where their mission is to make a living off of this and helping people uh, is not part of it. If they could make a shit ton of money and no one is better for <laughs> it, they're okay with that. And hey, whatever, capitalism, I get it. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but I think with the, the, the circle of influence that we have right now, let me put it to you this way. I have never asked a single person in our immediate community a question or, you know, quote unquote, a favor or something like that for like knowledge or a direction to be pointed. I've never been turned down ever as stupid of a question as I may have, you know, I hope, I hope they're not stupid, but, uh, not, nothing, not, here you go. Ba, 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 ba. Here's this guy's number. You need to call this guy, this guy, this guy, here you go. That doesn't happen in a lot of places. Right. I'll take my other beloved community, the jujitsu community. Right. There are a lot of good dudes out there that will help you just for the thing of you getting better. But there's they're equally met with a bunch of guys that like if I show you how to do this, you, you may beat me on the mat and that ain't happening. You know, uh, I've never had that happen uh, within our circle of influence. You know, everybody is here to help. So. So I think this might be a natural prog natural progression into the next topic being people's internet persona versus what reality is. Mm. Um, and I think with a lot of the people that are involved in this, the staff, especially primary and secondary, there's no facade. These, these are real people. Um, they're, they're not showing off. They're not being something that they're not. Uh, if anything, uh, we have a couple people that are downplaying who they are. Um, I, I, it, it's something that I don't understand. Maybe it's because maybe because it's my age. I don't understand the idea of trying to give off this 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 completely different persona from from what reality is. Having this bad boy or this this badass image, and it's all about guns and stuff. And your whole your whole profile picture, your whole uh, Facebook profile is all this gun stuff, or it's all this negativity against all this other stuff. When in reality, that's not what you are at all. <coughs> Varg, yeah. what do you, what are your take? What's your take on that? 
Um, I, well, there's a couple of different things I think about that. For, uh, first of all, you know, I intentionally try to downplay uh, uh, my whole my whole deal, and I've done that especially ever since I started training. Um, one of the reasons I did that is because I had made a decision very early on that I wanted my work to be recognized on its own merit and not because of some uh, um, sensationalism or, or persona that I build myself into uh, being a, a, you know, a branding guy. I could very easily do that. Uh, and I just wanted, it's, it's the, when you're looking at people and you continually hear somebody's name over years, it take you five times longer to build a reputation. But when you do, it's rock solid. It's not going to be like what Chris was talking about, how eventually you reach that critical mass and you fall. Um, you don't build on that, right? So you build something that just layers rock upon rock upon rock. Um, and then eventually people will hear your name so much and they're like, well, I checked this guy out and it doesn't seem like much. But people are just continuously talking about how great his classes are and what his mindset's like and all this and that. Uh, that that just builds that natural curiosity to check it out. Um, I don't think people have the patience for that, uh, and I also don't think that <clears throat> sometimes they they have the ability to uh, control the ego, lasso the ego a little bit, um, which is ridiculous to me because I think about different things. I like when when I see someone, it's like uh, all gung ho and. And, and really putting this persona out there, like the, the whole super badass thing. Um, you know, violence to me is a very different thing. Violence to me is something that lives in your heart. And, and any man can be stabbed in the neck 25 times. Any man. Uh, your willingness to do it is, is a big question mark. Uh, have you done it is a big question mark. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that nobody's impervious to violence. Uh, so none of the shit you do makes you harder to kill. You still, your hydraulic system still relies. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eyes on the same amount of fluid to pump. Um, and your air pump still needs to be running, and your electrical system still needs to run the same way. Um, so we're all wired the same way and die just as easily. Uh, but the the ego thing, I think, is is something that uh, it bothers all of us in this industry. Uh, that are on at least this side of the fence. Um, maybe guys don't downplay it as much as I do, but uh, still get bugged by this, you know, this fact that uh, uh, it's the Instagram world now, right? Yep. Well, it, it's that, and it's the the people hiding behind a keyboard. 
that just want to, they just want to nitpick or they just want to hate. What good is it doing? Is it helping anyone? No. Does it make you feel good? Yeah. Well, you know what I say? Like, here's, here's what I think about that, right? Um, every, every bit of energy that you're using, worried about somebody else's business, you're not building your own fucking business. So fuck you. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? You're, yep. You are wasting your time building someone else's persona through controversy. And, and you know, I'm so busy that I, I quit my job and I still don't have enough time in a day to worry about what the fuck somebody's doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have time to get all of my shit done by the end of the day. Um, and I can't imagine sitting down and taking time to like hate on somebody for some shit by physically typing something on the internet. Like I'm, I'm like, I got 25 fires burning on top of my body when I go to sleep at night. Like it, it's ridiculous to me that you have time to do that, but it just shows who, who you are and where you're at with your own priorities. Um, Scott also. and I have both benefited from it. Very much so. Thank you to <laughs> all of those dudes trying to be relevant. You guys will have to teach me how to get haters, man. It, it sounds like it's working out good. Like, oh, just be on the man. podcast more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do. I remember meeting you at uh, Shot last yep. year, 2015. No, 2016. <coughs> and same exact persona, same exact uh, body language, everything very low key. And then six months, maybe a year later, someone I think it might have been even Chappie. They were telling me about your background. I'm like, wait, are we talking about the same guy? Yeah, yeah that's that's him. And the rest is history. Yeah. There you go. Um, I know why some people downplay it. Because uh, I, I will tell you, man, uh, the cult of personality <laughs> is, is a drug, you know. And if you don't manage it yourself, uh, it is amazing, you know. Uh, let's take the shooting thing and the jujitsu thing, right? Um, to be clear, I am old slow right and i've been training far too long to be where i'm at right now because i'm trying to do maybe too many things right but i swear to god if i just let the internet go i'm a i'm a six degree black belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu no guys i'm a three-stripe purple belt and i've been there for the last three years because of business travel and and the shooting thing right uh if i let the internet go you know, I just made a class after my first year of competition. If you talk to some people, I'm, you know, a grand poobah, distinguished grand master, uh, you know, and but you got to keep that stuff in check. On the other hand, am I on Instagram a lot? Do I post a lot of stuff? Yeah, I got shit to say. I got sponsors to pimp and uh, I, I try and have a good time with it. I, I really do. You know, Um do I take myself seriously? I take the way that I train and my in introspection to basically say, look, if I can do it, anybody can do it, you know? Uh, and here's what I've been able to accomplish when you stick to things. And I live a pretty good life. Uh, I have an awesome wife. I have awesome friends. I get to shoot a lot. I roll around with dudes in pajamas a lot. And... Check it out. You know, uh, if you don't like it, fuck you. If you don't mm -hmm. like my friends, fuck you. 
right? Because every time you express that hate about me or my friends, <laughs> I get Instagram followers, <laughs> you know, and uh, it is what it is. So keep on, keep on hating, but you can't deny the message. That's the thing. You may think I'm an asshole, whatever, but you can't deny the message. Prove my message wrong, you know, and I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen to that if you can, but most of them don't. Most of them don't come with facts and logic. They just come up with like memes that aren't very funny. If they were funny, I'd laugh. There have been some memes out there about my friends and stuff like that that they're, they're <laughs> funny. They're funny, and, and and I'll laugh, but at least be funny about it. You know. Anyway, I went off on a little tirade. I apologize. I don't know if you're following <laughs> this, but uh, Wix happens to be saying bad things about you behind your oh, back right he, now uh, on he, the YouTube yeah. chat. Oh, what's he, he said, uh, and oh, I, I quote, you. I got you, Scott. I'll start the rumor that you're a shitty need poser who can only shoot if he has a red dot on his pistol. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the posing part is, but the shitty need shooter. Yeah. And this is true. I don't make any, I don't make any qualms about it, man. If you give me a 150 yard target and iron <laughs> sights and it's 11 o'clock at day with perfect light and I have all the time in the world, I'm going to hit that piece of steel. If you tell me to shoot a fast course with it or whatever, it's not happening. I can't see shit, you know, but I'd like to see you guys have a book in Chinese and try and read it to me. That doesn't mean you can't read. You just can't read that Chinese. Neither can I, by the way, but you know. Because you're Polish and Korean. I know. <laughs> exactly. Scott, what about you? Or Scott, Chris, what about you? For some reason, I suspect that you get to interact a little bit more with these types of people, too. I have run into a couple in my day. Uh, <laughs> I bought your trigger. I'm still shooting to the left. <laughs> All I'm saying, man, is that there's a lot of dudes that should have tried out for fucking SEAL Team 6, I think, from the internets. And they didn't, and that's that. Uh, the dudes that hide behind their Facebook profiles, forum usernames, uh, Instagram pages, what websites, what have you, they perhaps do that to seek relevance. I cannot think that they are relevant if I do not know who they are at the end of the day, right? And I I go out of my way to avoid it and steer clear of it because, like Varg said, like, I got problems, man. Like, I got real shit to solve, you know? <laughs> like, I love my job, but I come to work and some days I'm juggling fucking chainsaws that are on fire. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> making myself a better person. Enough of that difficulty is there that I'm not going to worry about somebody else being a shitty person. I got myself to work on. I got my own shit to deal with. I don't have time for dumb shit, man. I didn't even graduate high school. Couldn't handle the fucking drama. Got my GED, joined the army. Fucking. No time for it, man. So, uh, at the end of the day, like, if somebody talks shit or fucking has even sapient points, right, um, but they're a dick about it, like, that's cool as long as, like, they can fucking 
put up. I know a lot of really good dudes that are assholes. A lot of them. You know a few of the same guys all, all together. <laughs> uh, but they know what they're talking about, right? So yeah. one might argue that they rate being an asshole. Not that, not that it justifies it, but like, I get it. Okay, sure. You're just impatient. Um, when somebody's an asshole and doesn't know what they're talking about, that's just two hands of bullshit. Yeah. And fucking, I got other shit to fucking pick up, you know? So that's it. No yeah. time for it. Bigger problems. People to educate. Triggers to sell. Yeah. I got my own fucking shit to work on. Got to get my fucking shooting time as good as Scott's over there. So it'll be a uh, while. Uh, I got wrecked this last uh, Thursday night match. Did wrecked. You, did you wreck yourself? Yeah, right? man. <laughs> uh, I, I wrecked myself pretty, pretty abruptly. Yeah. I came out first stage. Uh, it's uh, five shots. Freestyle, reload, five shots, strong hand, reload, five shots, weekend, uh, stop mm-hmm. plate, right? It's all steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I, I run it, I run it, I run it, I run it, I run it. I'm like, got it, got it. I get up to the line and one, two, three, four, five, no reload. One, two, three, four, five, oh, fuck. Yeah. Reload, fuck, 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 fuck. Switch hand, so like penalty plus five seconds there. And I got off the line, and it was like, I've disappointed the Jedi. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I thought I got to be an F at first. It turned out just to be a, a penalty, but it ruined the whole night for me, you know? And I got, in my, I got into my own head. And uh, I, was, uh, I got lunch with Cecil Birch yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about it. And it's funny because he was talking about how he went to uh, Nationals for Jits yeah. this last year, I think it was. Yep. And how he didn't do as well as he wanted to. Yep. And how he's very hard on himself because of it. So he went back and now he's been like just crushing his weaknesses this whole like – that's what he's going to be doing for the whole year, right? Is just solving the problems he had. And so I ran into my problems on Thursday night. And I had pre- previous, previously done very well in a match every time I shot it. And I had to have my ego checked and I, it was checked very hard. And I checked it myself, uh, which is sometimes more painful for me. So yep. it was good. It was a learning experience, you know. I had to have a sit down with myself and be like, okay, yeah, you're not that cool. Suck less. And then, you know, draw a plan of action and do it. So, Yep, there you go. And that, and that's part of the lifestyle thing that we were talking about before, about learning from learning from those mistakes, whatever mistakes those are, being humble enough to note it down, put together a plan of action and then improve upon it. You know, um, as different than, uh, or as opposed to all the Instagram guys where all you see is the best of the best. Um, you know, I posted the other thing, uh, the other day about, you know, on that one, that one stage where I overloaded my mag and I, you know, did the reload. It was perfect, <laughs> and it was like butter until the magazine popped out because I overloaded the mag and didn't see properly. Dude, it's, that's, that's real life. You know, if you're trying to give us a thing of where you're perfect and you perform wonderfully under stress all the time, you're full of shit. You're just full, you're just full of shit, you know? So put it out there. Get better. Got to get better, you know? Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Okay. Stress factor thing. Yeah. This, this is uh, uh, 
back on the carrying a gun thing and maybe a little bit off of the internet persona thing. Uh, but when we're talking about uh, uh, carrying a gun and responsibility of that and things like that, you know, knowing how you act under stress and all this, uh, training, all these things, these are responsibilities. Uh, so I just had a really interesting conversation with a guy that's in the combatives, um, uh, and, and we talked extensively about stress. <clears throat> and I have the view that um, I, I, I approach it differently because I, f- I feel like my goal when I train for stress is not to get good operating under stress. It's to, it's to experience less stress as a, as a reaction. Um, that's what I'm really trying to do. Like when I go to shootouts, mm-hmm. I want to go through shootouts with the lowest heart rate possible the whole time. Um, It's not that I want to perform great under stress. It's that I want to experience less stress as a result of my perception of the problem. Um, And and I'm not saying that, you know, performing under stress isn't important. Uh, What I am saying that is that stress is, is fear based. It's typically uh, off of these thought patterns and images of failure at some point. And um, when you allow these negative images, the thought patterns to, to attack your mind, it creates uncertainty and that uncertainty begins to, to manifest itself and, and stress. That's why some guys can jump out of a fucking plane and be thrilled and happy. And other guys like me will die on the way out because I have a fucking heart attack. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so it's a perception based thing. It's the same plane, same jump, same equipment. It's just the perception of it is different. So what that's told me with my experience with fighting over the years <coughs> and being involved in really stressful events um, is that the, the less you give a shit about it uh, in terms of uh, being really afraid and allowing negative images to attack your mind, um, then you're able to operate more at your standard level. Uh, and so I, I'm not one of these people that believe that you automatically have to, de- to deteriorate under stress. But I also believe that you can train yourself to not react to uh, stimuli the same way uh, to, to, to have that stress response as much. And I think that's a vital part of uh, the training that people should try to, if you're going to carry a gun, you need to understand this part of your brain, I think. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um in whether it be matches, whether it be performing under stress uh, or performing in a uh, situation where you think you need to perform on demand. uh, Whenever I have trained for that situation, practiced that situation and gone through it 10,000 times in my head, uh, the stress isn't there. You go into that subconscious mode and you're good to go. Uh, when you haven't or you lay on unrealistic expectations or expectations that don't fit the situation, man, that's what it happens, you know, and you start to shake. It's right. You know, and you forget stuff, you know, you, how many offhand shots have you done in your life in your life? A lot. I mean, reload with the lucky land slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you done a lot? Now someone tells you to do it on demand in front of an audience. And all of a sudden, you know, to quote, uh, to quote Cirillo, you're a dog shitting razor blades. Because you get ahead of yourself, right? right. You know yep. how to do it, but you're getting in your own way. So, so I was thinking about that. Um, the other day, Varg, and you're probably a good person. So uh, it's not my theory, but I am, I am convinced now <coughs> that just like you can train yourself to be subconsciously competent, your conscious mind can override that and you wind up taking everything that you're subconsciously competent at because of perceived uh, ill consequences, stress, whatever you want to call it. And you can push all that stuff to your consciousness. And when your consciousness gets overloaded, that's when you fail to perform. Thoughts on that? Um, so there's a, so there's the four columns of, of the competency, you know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. unconscious and conscious and competence, incompetence, right? <clears throat> what a lot of people don't talk about that is there, there's been the fifth column has been put out there, right? So, uh, and it's the articulation or the self-awareness. Um, and so I think if you, if you could drive to that point, it's like, um, there are some things that I have a hard time teaching especially in, in combatives. I'm really good with firearm stuff um, and I'm good with some combative stuff, but there are some combative things that I can do really well that I can't teach because I'm unconsciously competent at it. Um, I've done it so many times in real life and real fights uh, that uh, it, it's not something I trained. It's something I learned as a fucking necessity and mm-hmm. it developed on its own naturally. And I can't, I haven't, I don't have the chance to repeat it enough to go back and analyze it, to articulate it, to teach it. So there's a fifth column is that that's self-awareness, right? So if we reach that, that point of self-awareness about what we're unconsciously competent about, then we can, we can analyze it and articulate that. Um, and, and this fifth column is required to be a good teacher. Uh, you cannot be a good teacher because it, if you're, if your best stuff is things you're unconsciously competent at, it's really hard to break that down because you're performing it without a conscious thought process, so to speak. Right. (laughs) And I think there's something in between there that falls in what you're talking about, right. Where you push these things up into your consciousness. Um, And I think if you slow that process down, which I've tried to do over the years as I've gotten older and I'm not a, 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 
a madman anymore like I was when I was young. Uh, I'm able to to think uh, with more patience about this and say, okay, now over time we'll take and slowly push these things up to, up into the consciousness. So when you experience it happening um, quickly and you're like over overwhelming yourself, that's an indication that I think you should be doing that over a long period of time, over a process during your training so that um, this stuff enters into your consciousness and you become self-aware of, of your capabilities. Um, and, and you will not be overwhelmed by the information that, that your, um, that your unconscious confidence throws out there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Getting back to what you were saying before, I, I call that the magic Johnson effect, right? So world, you know, obviously multi-time champion, yada, 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 tries to go coach absolute train wreck because yeah. he had so much unconscious competence. He can't understand why the rookie can't do a no look pass at six o'clock to the trailing forward because uh, no one showed me how to do it. You should know how to do it. You know? So I, I think that is like where I'm really getting into right now, as far as um, that fine line of caring enough to do well and train and practice <laughs> but not caring so much that when it comes to the moment of performance, you're not pushing all that shit to your conscious, you know, and overloading, uh, overloading that part of your, of your brain or, or whatnot. So, you know, that whole concept reminds me of, uh, I haven't, <laughs> mentioned, I haven't mentioned this for a while, so I don't feel bad bringing it up. Darcy. So some background, I started law enforcement about 20 years ago, going through the academy, doing qualifications. It was, um, I wasn't nervous about it, but I was, I was uneasy with them. I was uncomfortable with them. Attended a lot of classes, did a lot of shooting. Uh, and then that, that, that left same with public speaking. Absolutely hated public speaking. That was the absolute worst thing I could ever do. Well, start teaching a bunch of classes. Hell, teach dare. And all of a sudden, it becomes so much easier. So back to firearms, going through Pat's class a bunch of times, going through Pat Mac, going through um, all kinds of classes. I reached the point where my my proficiency, I feel, is is sufficient where I can go to the next level and go to this class, Darcy, or the the facilities, Darcy. The class was counterterrorism, level one. What it entailed was it is not a shooting class, but it is a tactics class, but shooting's involved. What you're doing is you are problem solving. You're problem solving angles. You're problem solving. You're, you're resolving bad guys. You're, you're killing the bad guys. If you don't have that ability to run your firearms efficient, sufficiently or efficiently, you're going to be behind the power curve because you're <laughs> going to be stuck in this immediate bubble. You're not going to be looking ahead. You're not going to be figuring out where the bad guys are going to be going because at this class, they teach you not to play chess or not to play checkers, but to play chess. Hmm. Basically, what you're doing is based on your tactics, you are forcing the bad guys to do certain things to your advantage. Without those, without that, that baseline skill set, without that, without being comfortable with your own firearms, you can't achieve that level of, you can't, you can't, you graduate. Yeah, you can graduate, but you don't get, you're, you're not getting the maximum um, effect from the class. Mm-hmm. So basically what we found is we'd, we'd be going through this, we'd be going through the motions, we'd be going through these, these operations. We have our gas mask, helmet, gear, armor, weapons, all that. 
and we'd be clearing the shoot house and we'd be getting in these gunfights and some guys would kind of freeze up and they, they'd just be focused on this immediate bubble and they're not looking ahead and figuring out what we need to do next as a team. Whereas other people were able to look at, look ahead, figure out what we're doing, maintain, maintain fire, reload, clear malfunctions, do whatever, and also assess what their team's doing and assess what their, what their, what their, what their, um, in the process of doing. And I think that really what, what Varg said about the fifth column that really resonated seeing those students. And, and, and since I've, I'm, I'm now a, a volunteer instructor type person over at, over at Darcy, seeing students being able to make that full assessment, being able to be in that gunfight, being able to direct people and keep us a, a good assessment of their, their team. That's, that's beyond unconscious competence. That is, that's seeing the big picture, applying everything simultaneously. And that's mastery. And it's awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I um, <coughs> was talking to Ernest Langdon on that, on that same thing over the weekend. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's, so many different, you know, venues of experience. And again, one of the nicest guys ever. Uh, and on one of the breaks, I was asking him about this subject, unconscious competence and competence and how it, the perception of time and things of that nature. Right. And he tells a story, most highly competitive guys and actually, um, high level, um, combative guys do um and you know lack of a better term war fighters do i don't know why i use that term but um when in that moment of highest efficiency of most competency everything is clear and seems slow Mm -hmm. because efficiency because when efficiency has to be subconsciously done and, and it's subconsciously done. You're not thinking about it, so it seems slow, right? That's always been my theory. That whole smooth is uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Bullshit. Slow is slow, right? But efficiency feels slow because your subconscious is doing it. <coughs> so sub- efficiency is smooth. Smooth is fast, or whatever. We'll take one. Anyway, he was saying that when he won his first, uh, he was most people don't know, but he was the first national champ in production class for USPSA and he remembers shooting and he could tell you what uh, flake of paint was off on his front sight. He could see the brass flying off. He could see the trigger being pulled and resetting the whole time. And when he got done, he literally said, I just fucked that up. Holy cow. What is going on with me? And the guy read the time and they read the, you know, that they read how many outfits he had and he just destroyed it. So my question was, it was like when you were at your prime versus when you got started, did you feel faster? And he said, no, I didn't, you know? Um, and I think that's an amazing lesson to learn uh, because it's hard to perceive that. You know, it's like in other sports, it's like, let's do this. Let's go. Let's giddy up. Let's, let's bear down. You know what I mean? Let's get ready to go. Uh, and in a lot of things, as far as <coughs> gun handling, performance, efficiency, whether it be sport or for real life, um, 
you can't do that. You just got to, you just got to go. And if you haven't trained for it by that time, you need to accept that, you know, um, you know, Varg has always said the guy who usually is the first of violence is the one that's going to win. You know, um, you either do that or you don't, uh, you can train to it. Right. But you have to consciously train to it and, and accept that. Uh, and if you're not willing to train to it, whether it be competition, whether it be defending your life, uh, or, or in, even in business, if you're not willing to train and practice and drill and accept that that could be reality, you're probably going to lose. <clears throat> you're probably going to lose. And if you don't, you're one lucky, <laughs> you know, well, it's it's these types of conversations, this realism, and also this this kind of a discussion where we really get down to to just facts. I don't think many people do, especially those people that uh, I don't want to say many people do. Those people that are out there that have this persona, this this gun persona, where it's all a facade. They're they're missing a big a big I don't know. A benefit. Just have to substance. Yeah, That's they're missing substance. Substance. So. I I was going to say I'm interested in what Chris has been quiet for a minute. I I want to know what's going on in his head over there. <laughs> um, no, just kind of you know listening, right? Um, there is a book called Flow: The Psychology of Optimal Experience. <coughs> yeah, I've not read it. I would highly recommend it to you. It was recommended to me by Paul Sharp, who I hold in very high esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the idea that at a certain level of proficiency, of skill, of so like it's, it's kinda it's kinda weird because if you're not careful, you start using a lot of like Zen words and it turns people off, right? So it take, like if you're not careful, you end up using a lot of like a like you know there's oneness with what you're doing, right? The idea of getting up on a line, for example, and shooting against a timer, you know, cold and on demand, performing at a high level, requires you to have nothing else going on in your life except for what you're doing right there, right? Um, and sometimes that's a big problem. So at Darcy and Force on Force in actual combat. The only thing you have going on in your life is a lot of very fucking important things, right? Fucking somebody's hurt. You got to cover for the fucking medic. You got to fucking drag your buddy to safety. You got to in place your machine guns. You got to direct fire. You got to call in a medevac. You got to watch your sector. There's a lot of stuff going on, right? Um, but those are the only things that matter right then. And the trick is knowing. And when I say knowing, I mean not knowing, just doing. Like knowing so much that you just don't even no, – nope, it's just – there it is, right? So we've probably at some point all had extremely focused moments where it's something like what Scott explained or <laughs> he talked about, right, where it's just like everything is just there and you experience time dilation. Uh, you experience uh, auditory exclusion because you're so fixated on the situation at hand. Uh, there, that can go too far. 
right? You can tip all the way over into target fixation and you're too focused on one thing, right? You're too focused on solving a problem that you ignore another one arising that may be more pressing. So it's that, that little <coughs> spot that allows you to problem solve creatively while still achieving the initial goal you set out to, to, to achieve, right? Uh, that's, that's the trick. That's like, the, that's the weird thing that it can't really be taught as such. It's just, it's a, it's a collection of experience. Uh, what well, I guess you'd use the term stress inoculation, right? If you go up against a timer every single day, it's, it starts being pretty, pretty normal. Um, the first time I got shot at, I was very confused because I'd never been shot at before. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, I guess this is happening. Today's like the day, like this is real. Uh, and then after that, I went, well, I guess I have problems to solve. I, I have work to do, right? And it wasn't conscious. I just flipped into it. And that was very fortunate because I've seen other people not do that. I've seen individuals who perhaps didn't take it as seriously or maybe the brains were just wired a little differently. Just stop working. Just no. This can't be happening to me. This is over. And the only reason that they survived is because the gods smiled upon them and because their friends saved their asses. And then we just didn't take those guys on patrol next time. You know? So it's a lot of things. Um, the community that we speak to, the community that we, that we educate, that we empower, that we, that we work with, they're generally not those guys or girls who say, this can't happen to me, right? They are de facto a different kind of person who at least accepts the possibility of that. Um, and that's the biggest part, because if you never acknowledge that, like, maybe someone's going to try to murder you, maybe someone's going to try to rape you, you will never mentally prepare yourself, even in the initial stages, to take the steps required to mitigate that possibility. Uh, and if you, can, if you can't even start that, you'll never get to any point for anything relating to personal protection or defense where you'll be at a level that is just automatic, that you're just on autopilot and you're doing the right things, not because you're thinking about them, but because they're the right things and you just know so well. Um, that this is that These are scenarios that you see commonly with race car drivers, right? Super <laughs> stress, incredibly fast reflexes required. Fighter pilots, uh, it's just you have to want to develop that but you can't want it so much that it distracts you from developing it, if that makes sense. And at some point it just, it happens after a lot of commitment and a lot of dedication and facing those fears or that stress enough times where you realize that it's okay to have the fear, but you're not afraid, right? Cause they're not synonymous fear and being afraid are not synonymous. Um, and letting, one's uh, fear overrule everything that they work to develop immediately eliminates the possibility of mastering that moment. It immediately distracts you from that one problem or set of problems or that problem tree that you have to work on. It's just a blockade and it's, it's poison mm -hmm. is what it is. Chris, the name of that book is flow living at the peak of your abilities. Uh, it's Flow, the psychology of optimal experience, and it's by a guy whose name I cannot pronounce. It's a long so like, Russian name, right? <laughs> yeah, Jack or something, I think. 
Mahali Kazigalagalaga Chernobyl or something. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a good. It's good. It's good. Um, he talks a lot. He talks a lot about it in a creative context, where, like, uh, you know, artists will just zone in so hard that they'll just go. They won't eat. They won't sleep. They'll just create. Right. They'll just they go nuts. Um. Have you ever had like is there like you know, I think I think we all have like a really good stage where like you just for you Scott you just you reload your fucking shots you don't have to stop and be like did I hit that you just you just know it just yep. did it right it happened um where you you go into it and you every shot that you take that's the only shot right the last shot doesn't matter this shot matters and the next shot doesn't matter this shot matters and it's just you go from one to the next and each one is as important as the last. And none is so important that it over. None of the future is so important that it overrules the one that you're taking right there. To balance your expectations of <laughs> performance to, to such a degree that you can just do it reliably. Um, everybody, everybody hits those moments of, of optimal experience. The really, really good people, the Olympians, the the super athletes, the freaks of nature. Those are the guys that and girls that hit it and they can just, they can do it all the time. Right. They can do it just consistently, whether it's in business, whether it's a lawyer, uh, you know, presenting an argument before the court where he's just like, he's just on and that's it. He's there. Uh, it's not only physical pursuits, it's intellectual ones as well. Yep. So quick synopsis so far of what we've done. We talked about perception. And these are these are things that people can pick up. These are things that they can slightly alter to to make themselves much more effective in determining where threat is. We talked about things that we've changed a little bit in our lifestyles. Help, uh, as Scott said, uh, a size larger in, in pants for in the waistband carry. Um, wow. Talked about various forms of uh, cross training to to have a whole system. <laughs> but I think what uh, I think this last portion is the the part that most people are missing, and it's that. Um, always reaching to, for, for improvement, always, always trying to improve. And I don't think, I don't think enough people do that. Uh, that especially seems to be the, the case in a lot of these, these areas or a lot of, a lot of these people that we have to deal with that don't understand the importance of what we're doing. What was that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I missed the first bit, but that sounds good. Um, just, Real quick, as part of the recap, you talked about um, the idea of strive, striving for improvement and moving towards it. Uh, I there, there's a, a word fucking fly Jesus. There's a word that uh, that I'm moderately obsessed with. It's a Japanese word. It's kotowari. Oh, it's not farfignugan. Okay. No, it's not farfignugan. Uh, it's, it's kotowari. <laughs> kotowari is it doesn't have a direct translation in English, but it's the idea that you strive for perfection with the hundred percent understanding that perfection is unattainable and that's okay. It's the, the concept that you strive for perfection despite knowing that you'll never get there because the, 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 the actual effort to achieve it is far more important than perfection itself ever could be. Right. And so it's something that I try and fail every single day. I fail every single day to apply it in little ways. Uh, but it's, it's kind of a, a big concept that can serve as 
a, a compass of sorts, right? When, when we direct our thoughts towards what we're focusing on, I've seen people try so hard that they fail, right? That they just, they get into their own heads. Uh, when I say people, I mean myself, right? Amongst others. You just get into your own head and you try so hard and you think about it and you think too hard and you just, you fuck it up because you're just, you're in your own head. So it's the idea that you're not trying to succeed, <coughs> trying to try to succeed consistently with focus and with dedication. That whole concept that seems completely contrary to what we talked about earlier. And it's the people that carry a weapon as a talisman and there's no training. There's no nothing complete polar opposite of anything that we strive for. So what are the ways that we're doing that? For me, it's, it's, it's constant study. For me, it's constant teaching. For me, it's also finding ways to improve the way we can get information out to people. Cause that right now is my, that is my thing. I want, I want to improve the, the community. I, I, I have to fail. That's I'm not the guy that learns from doing things right. There are people like that, and I, I hate them all. Mm. I have to fail repeatedly and consistently, and I have to suck at life to because that's the only time that I want to succeed is when I'm not, right? If I'm being successful, I take it for granted. Um, so that's why you know I, I shoot a Glock against guys that are shooting CZs and 1911s and 2011s and shit because, like, Otherwise, there's, there's like just, you know, it's, I, I have to fail. That's why I have to push myself. <laughs> um, talking to Cecil, I'm going to get back into jiu-jitsu because if I don't fail, and by fail, I mean getting smoked by, you know, purple belts and black belts and all those dudes, I just won't take it seriously, right? Like right now, nobody choked me out today. So I'm not really worried about getting choked out. Like, <laughs> like you know, but, but if, it's, if, it's, if it's a reality, if it's a problem in my life, if it's a, if it's a consistent point of failure to consistent weakness, I will address it. You know, so I go to every match and I shoot and I leave and, you know, I'll be like, Hey man, there were 15 people that match that are like, if we just did a high noon duel, I would be dead. Right. <laughs> like that's just it. You know, and I, that's, I have to look at it that way. Cause that's what drives me. I'm not the guy that can learn from just being good at something that doesn't, that doesn't motivate me at all. So that's just the way I am. And it's, okay. it's a painful way to be, but it's all I know. <laughs> I think Pat Rogers had a t-shirt made just specifically for you. Yeah. Something, something demoralizing failure. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, what about you? Uh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to concur with that. I, I, I'm kind of weird, man. in that, uh, when I, when I succeed, it's awesome because I know I put my, Nothing comes naturally to me, you know, uh, despite where you may have heard on the internet, man, I was not born <coughs> wealthy or I've not been shooting for a million years and you just born with all this trigger speed and recoil. You know, you can ask Fisher, I've been bugging his ass for five years about recoil management. And then it just, and then it just, it, it came, you know? Um, but when I fail, when I, when I succeed, I enjoy it. And then I push myself to the point, like Chris was saying, to failure. Um, and when I fail, I kick myself, you know, mentally in the ass. But then I'm kind of happy because what that failure means, and this isn't lip service, I truly am. <coughs> uh, 
it by failing it is the gateway to the path of another epiphany right and it is that that opening for a new experience that i did not know before and that's exciting you know some people use fear as a motivation and i've done that fear of failing fear of embarrassing yourself yada 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 here's the bottom line honestly except for your very close friends and your family and the people that you would call brother or whatnot uh nobody gives a shit hmm. if you fail or if you succeed so it's ultimately got to matter to you and a few close loved ones and, and cherished friends right so you know but we all do it we all do it man we get in front of that audience and the pressure's on and Shirt shitting razor blades. Um, but I think I'm kind of at the point now where why did I fail? What got into my head? What did I not practice? Um, and, and I get excited because then I go on the hunt, you know, whether it's, whether it's Fisher, whether it's Varg about, you know, performance, uh, physical performance under stress, whether it's Tim Heron about, trigger freeze and how to move your feet on a short in a short area uh it's exciting stuff man and i gotta tell you you know how you know when i was b class it's like how the hell am i gonna get to a and then the information just comes from a lot of gracious people willing to help your bothersome ass out and then that comes and then you go how am i ever gonna make master right or how am i I have pressure right now from various sources to start teaching like one day and two day classes. And I'm like, what in the hell do you guys want to learn from my dumbass for? But they do. So why not help them out while staying in my lane? That's pressure. Cause man, I could fuck it up. Right. And, and be an NFE, uh, or start believing my own hype and step out of my lane. I think I'm smart enough not to do that, but who knows, dude, I believe my own hype. In the past. Um, but, uh, that stuff's exciting. It's scary, but yeah, you know, you gotta be afraid to fail. I think that's with a lot of people who don't want to, you know what? I think that's almost 90% of the reasons why people who don't carry a gun. Cause you say, Hey, does anything like bad go in your neck of the woods? Well, of course it fucking does. I don't care where you live. Bad things happen to good people. You know, do you think that you're protected against, you know, being at the wrong place at the right time? Yada, yada. Well, no, of course, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, are you, why aren't you, you know, thinking about arming yourself? Well, I don't trust myself with a gun because they don't believe in themselves enough to train enough to become efficient and proficient with a firearm because they're afraid of themselves. Get out of your own damn way. You know what I mean? So then train to it. And that fear is what blocks a lot of people from carrying, I think. Vark? Um, I'd like to I'd like to steer it a little bit and and address maybe something for <coughs> uh, uh, primarily for the newbies uh, that might might run across the video or maybe watching. Um, and I think what I see a lot of times outside of uh, our more developed community, uh, guys like us that are always in the training in the, in the inner circle uh, of uh, constantly training at a higher level. 
um, when we go out into the broader community of gun carriers, which is much bigger than what we are, and we need to never forget that. Um, these, there's many more of them out there than there are of us um, in terms of experience and, and, and right attitude and responsibility. But when you look at the stress response of most of the average person that's carrying a gun, what I think um, probably I would have to say one of the biggest problems would be that they look at it as a first option. Um, and I know they may not say they look at it as a first option, but, but fear being what it is and, and, and stress being, you know, having the effect that it has, what will happen is they will go straight to that because that's, they know that's there. And if they're scared, they'll go straight to the gun, uh, or straight to the knife, you know, straight to the lethal force option. So what happens with the average conflict, and we see this a lot uh, with, uh, you know, famous cases where uh, a guy takes uh, a gunfight to a fist fight with uh, a gun to a fist fight with a teenager, um, and, which we all know has been, you know, publicized in, in many ways. Um, that's the way I look at that. I'm, I, I say your first option in a fist fight with a teenager was a fucking gun. You have some other things you need to fucking examine if that's what you're going directly to. Um, so what I'd like to emphasize is that, you know, let's not, let's not look at it as a first option, but there are other things that we need to, <clears throat> to be able to assess and be able to use before that point. Uh, in my training, I talk a lot about mindset. I talk a lot about uh, avoidance and, and, more avoidance than de-escalation because de-escalation you're already fucking up. Um, so I talk a lot about avoidance and I talk a lot about physical capabilities and, and combatives. Um, because, you know, I've got, there's a, there's a famous case going on in, in my area right now. A guy uh, shot up a van full of kids in his front yard and uh, everybody's watching to see what happens. Um, I'm saying the guy's probably going to jail. But the, the first option that he went for was his gun. Um, and, and in reality, this is probably happening more than it should uh, because you don't have any confidence. You don't have any confidence in your ability to handle the situation. Your, your orientation to the violence is overwhelmed. Um, and when Chris talked about fear versus being afraid, that fear um, is, is – it's – a result of your perception of the problems. And when we're talking about this, we've said this several times tonight, that this is all fighting is problem solving. You have to be able to creatively solve problems in real time, like Chris pointed out. Uh, and that's what we train for. And that's why I say that I need to reduce my stress reaction in the first place, because that is what gives me the space to creatively solve problems. Um, the more stress I allow myself to, to, to feel or, or have the, uh, the incorrect perceptions that create the stress, the less I can creatively solve problems with a clear head and keep my, my perception going uh, uh, 360 degrees around me. Um, and these are just components of it. So when you talk to somebody that's just carrying a gun and they've got a, you know, um, a, a Ruger R1 and a crossbreed, you know, and they're, and they're ready to go. And you're like, 
listen, there's, there's other things to the, there's more, there's more than just that gun and there's more than just plugging holes in somebody. Um, and, and, and the more, the, the less, here's the point, the less capable you are, the faster you're going to go to the lethal. And that's something to really consider. That whole system. And if you're missing chunks of that system, you're going to go to that gun faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least Chris nods. That's good. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's, uh, a, yeah. it's a holistic, it requires a holistic approach, mm-hmm. right? Like Mark was saying, um, there's everything from avoidance to managing an unknown contact as Craig talks about, right. To deescalating something that's escalating. It's, it's not just, I guess I will just shoot him. I mean, like, yeah, that, that, that's a solution, I suppose, but it's not an optimal one all the time, right? There's uh, a lot of reasons that maybe you wouldn't want to do that. Like, I don't know, fucking lawsuits. Turns out lawyers are really expensive. So, yeah, we have uh, legal, ethical, moral, all kinds of things that we can consider. Yeah. That whole jail thing, it's kind of a downer. <laughs> that happens. I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Scott had to take off. He had an early morning. He had to go do, I don't know, something on Instagram and multicam and guns and I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think he owns a multicam. <laughs> He's probably going to go shoot some rubber targets at, and speed it up before he uploads it, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Chris, do you have anything to, uh, anything to plug? Any <laughs> new products coming out? Uh, choo, choo, choo. got some stuff in the pipes. Um, nothing I can really, uh, talk about too much. Your gun's just about done. Awesome. Got to throw a trigger into it. It'll, you'll probably have it this week. Cool. So, uh, look forward to that. How are those triggers working out for you, Bart? Uh, I love them. Absolutely no love them. No issues, no complaints. No issues. I'm getting ready to order another one again, actually. Uh, shoot me an email before you yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, man. Life is good. Uh, we just released uh, some lower tier. I say lower tier. It's it sounds denigrating. Uh, some more foundational uh, grip packages, right? Less fancy. Just hey, if you already have your slide done up the way you want, you just need some simple work. Send it to us. We'll even put pretty colors on it for you. You know, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, if you're the kind of guy that that runs his gun a little bit, but runs his mouth a lot, you can even do like a distressed Cerakote on there. So it looks like you run your gun more than you do, you know. Uh, we, cater, <laughs> we cater to everybody. We cater to everybody. Capitalism. So, what's but, the difference uh, yeah. between the tack and the and the the tack and the dack? It's just the little yeah. lip at the it's, bottom. Yeah. So this is the tack, and it's got a little. Get this on camera. Got a little indexing hook right here. Yeah. Right, so the DAT is just straight up flat all the way across. I think uh, Varg prefers the DAT. The DAT is that right, Varg? My yeah. finger rides real low on the trigger, and yeah. that little that little lip would drive me nuts. Like I'd be right on top of it, you know. So see, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I ride really low, and if I don't have that little hook, I'll come off of it, and my fucking finger will get pinched. Oh yeah, <laughs> drives me crazy. So I, I like the tack, but yeah. Uh, so we got this one, and then we have the the Falks, which is uh, Jedi has one, and it's a uh, it's more like an OEM shoe, 
So it looks more like it, but it still has pre-travel reduction. So if you're a dude like uh, uh, Pat Mack, you run like just knuckles deep wrapped like Mongo smash retard grip in the trigger well. Uh, it lets you kind of get in there without those hard corners, those edges. So uh, AJ watch, <laughs> he prefers that. He does the whole knucks deep kind of thing. I prefer the, the tack myself. But yeah, man, how's that? You guys know you wouldn't run into these issues if you just ran a 1911. Just saying. I know, man, but I have to reload so much more often. And just, just you know. But, but, yeah, yeah, everything's going pretty well. We're at, down at the uh, uh, Game and Fish Expo over the weekend. It's like a, kind of like a Southwest SHOT Show range day sort of event, you know. So everybody has a lane. Everybody can shoot and whatnot. We're helping out the Glock booth. It was pretty cool. And, what, uh, you yeah, were with the Glock booth? Yeah, so I was there. In like two and a half capacities. So, you know, I'm, I'm Robar Pro staff, so I help Freddie out a little bit here, where, you know, whenever I can. Uh, and then I'm also uh, Arizona rep for American Hero Adventures, which is a nonprofit organization that takes vets, cops, uh, active military, firefighters, intel officers, anybody whose life kind of at some point was probably shitty because they took an oath or, you know, put something into the system. I uh, would take those guys on guided hunts, guided fishing trips. Uh, stuff like that. So Glock was fortunate. Oh, well, AHA was fortunate enough to partner with Glock and Glock donated some uh, handguns to a Havelina hunt that was held here in Arizona recently. So we were there doing a raffle for them and I was able to, you know, talk to, to some of the dudes and brought a couple of our guns out, you know, on the second day after making sure I wouldn't step on any toes and, you know, so they could check it out and try it out. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, like they can't officially endorse anything for obvious reasons, but they're, they're the mentality of like anything Anytime that we do work on a Glock, it means they sold a gun, right? Any trigger we sell means that somebody bought something from them to put that trigger into, right? That and I sense. know that there are guns that I've looked at and been like, no, man, there's no aftermarket for that. I'm not buying it. So those dudes are, are fairly fairly progressive, but, you know, real chill, good guys. But it was a lot of fun. So got to shoot a lot of rounds. I was reminded of, like, how much I hate 40 cal. We had to do Rolling Thunder at the end. Fuck, man. Why? Spoiled my Glock 34 and 9 mil is just like it just opens and closes, you know. That's all it does. Yeah, fucking <laughs> fuck out of here. That's shit, man. But, but yeah, we're getting ready to do our, our next run of knives. So we have the uh, the Maleficus here that Ian went from Special Circumstances did for us. It's a uh, the uh, particular version he did for us. It's all titanium with G10 handles. So he takes uh, tungsten carbide and he he carbidizes the edge. Your electro spark deposition, so you can't really see it with this resolution, but it's got some cool sparkles to it. So we got another 40, 50 or so of those coming here in the next few weeks, including mine, my personal one. So I'm pretty excited about that. I've been waiting for it for a while. Ian is a master of his craft, and then the Kydex on him. Uh, John Houtman from Filster is doing all the Kydex for him. He, does, he makes each sheath for each knife. He couldn't do a one-size-fits-all and get it to standard, so we're, we're pretty stoked on it, man. Uh, they only drop every once in a while. They sold out in like an hour and a half last time. So they'll be good to get some more in. But other than that, you know, life is life. Arizona's getting hot. So how's Utah? That's what happens. Uh, it's uneventful. Blue skies, going, uh, snow, snow in the mountains, roll-up sleeve right. weathers. I'll trade you. No, I won't take it. <laughs> but yeah, man. Other than that, not a lot going on. Gotcha. Varg, how about you? Um, 
So, so with uh, my company, One Life Defense, uh, training's getting ready to kick off in two weeks. So uh, I'm going to be doing uh, just about a class every week. I, I try to take one weekend off a month, uh, but sometimes it doesn't work out that great. Um, July, I take off for family, but uh, uh, the rest of the year, lots of opportunities, and I got some good stuff going on. So uh, if you're in the Northeast Ohio area, you can check me out. Uh, I got a couple of two-day courses coming up later in the year. Uh, most of the stuff I do is one day. Um, it's in and out, and it's and it's real good, and it'll it'll change the way you think about things. Um, outside of that, uh, uh, I mentioned before I'm I'm on the SEO project with Gap Marketing, um, and I cannot emphasize how important it is for gun community uh, um, businesses to be involved with getting somebody to look at this SEO problem. Uh, for example, I have a client that. Uh, I looked at his website uh, this week and I ran an audit on it and I come up with 900 and some errors that will absolutely impact the way that that company's page comes up in search results. Right. Um, and so to, to have somebody audit this and go through and, and, and fix all this and trying to streamline things so that, so that you get pushed up. Um, this is important because with the gun community, we are choked. We can't buy, you know, Facebook ads if you're an FFL. You can't you pay Google AdWords. You don't have these tools at your disposal. So it's much more important. Um, so if, if you are involved with a company out there uh, and, and you haven't had this done, hit me up and, you know, we'll get you taken care of because uh, uh, we've had some great success with some of these guys. And I've been doing this for quite a while. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's imperative in the gun community. You just don't have a lot of those tools at your disposal and it really sucks. A lot of guys are banging their head off the desk. Like how the fuck do we advertise? How do we get up there? Uh, well, this is, this is one of the best ways to do it. Cool. I think that that pretty much wraps it up. I, I can imagine we'll probably have another similar episode in the fairly near future. And when I say that, it probably will be in the next six years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's still so much more material. Um, Varg just <laughs> touched upon uh, legalities and options and that a, a firearm shouldn't be the first option. So yeah, we, there's a lot of material. Um, also with what Chris was talking about, about what was the Japanese word again? Kodawari. Oh. Yeah. That's just cool. And that, that should be, that should be the, is that an end? Is that an end state? No, Perpetually looking, but you'll never reach it. Yeah, which like sounds super like depressing to some people, but to me, it's kind of like a it's a kind of a liberating concept. It's a journey. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, you can do the whole like it's not the destination, it's the journey, which is kind of like cliched, but in in some cases, it, I think it does hold true, right? Um, when you especially when you focus on developing mastery, I don't know if there's actually a lot of people, um in like say just the United States, for example, who actually seek to develop mastery for a long time. You have athletes, right? A lot of athletes do that. And then most athletes <laughs> and they go into normal everyday life. Uh, but that aside, I'm not sure that there's actually folks outside of a few specific disciplines that really, really dedicate themselves to developing a skill set or a set of skill sets to, uh, to really being exceptionally good. So for, for those of us who do or who should, right. Cause I, I don't always, I, I should, 
always, but I don't try to. Uh, it's a, a liberating concept, I think. And if you consider the tip of the spear, what we have in the military, law enforcement, all these gunslingers, they're constantly trying to excel. They're trying to improve. If you look at our the, the best shooters that we have on, on the planet, same thing. The best instructors, they're always taking classes. They're always looking to do better. We should be doing the same. If we're carrying a firearm, we need to be doing that. So you can find us at primaryandsecondary.com. We do have a forum at primaryandsecondary.com slash forum. Uh, feel free to spread the word on our, our our videos. Obviously, we are on YouTube. We're also on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, and on Google Play on the podcasts. We do release 10 to 20 minutes of material daily. It's basically these shows cut up, and you just get them in, in the audio format. They seem to be very popular. Don't hesitate to give us some reviews. Don't uh, hesitate to give us feedback. We definitely appreciate it. It gives us an idea of how we're, how we're doing. Um, and also it gives us an idea of how we can improve. Share, like, do all that good stuff. We are on Facebook. We have 736 different groups, each dedicated to a different facet of whatever I feel like starting a group about. Hmm. We don't have one about cooking yet. Maybe someday. I'm on first guy on there, man. I don't know. Mike, you and Mike Heaser might be, uh, you, you both will be mods. My phone is full of, of, of shit that I've cooked. I'm telling you, I'm ready. Okay, maybe Come we in. have to do that. Actually, <laughs> we do have that, uh, what is it, the fine living group. that might It might be close. Yeah. But, that's not, not <laughs> but yeah, no idea what our next show is. Uh, yeah, as of late, we've just been kind of doing, uh, throwing them together, and uh, these are just enjoyable. Hopefully, you enjoy them as well. Hopefully, there's something that you're learning from these. I know me personally, I'm always learning and I appreciate the the time I get to spend with these guys. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.